Welcome to Notes from the Kitchen Table, a place where creatives come together to tell their story and where we celebrate kitchen table talent. When starting something magical from humble roots at their kitchen table, we get the tea on all things creativity, what being a creative means to them and their journey along the way. I'm Lauren Alexander, a wedding planner and stylist and champion of small creative businesses. Now make yourself a cuppa and take a seat as we start. table I have the pleasure of having Lucy Saunders join me. Now obviously this was in Covid times and we are uh, recording via telephone um, so it's a little bit harder so hopefully you'll bear with us in terms of the um, volume and everything like that. Lucy's got some really interesting points of view and I definitely urge you to, to listen and grab a cup of tea, potentially maybe some cake and enjoy yourself for the next hour. Lucy is well known in the wedding photography world, in the illustration world and in the publishing world and I can't wait for you to find out a bit more about her. So sort of, I've already started recording so because I thought that was so lovely what you were saying so. Oh, okay. So um, yeah so you sort of tell us you know tell us a little bit you know about you then how did you what, what do you do? So um, I started off basically um, as a photographer. So um, I did a degree in photography at Bath by Uni. Um, that was quite a few years ago now. Um, and then kind of when when I was doing the degree, I actually kind of started doing a lot of like the graphic design side mm. as well. Um, obviously, that's kind of the great thing about the uni is that the courses really overlapped. And I actually found whilst I was doing photography, I just loved doing the graphic design and the kind of publishing element, mm. really, and kind of making my work into books in more of a commercial sense rather than documentary and kind of like gallery wall work. Um, so kind of from there, really, I just started playing and like experimenting and starting to like make kind of zines and publications um, kind of for my uni degree. And it was only kind of after that, really, that I kind of thought maybe this could be something, maybe it could be a business. Um, and it really started off as a passion project, if mm. I'm honest. Um, and I went traveling, um, I traveled uh, around Asia, mainly. Um, just when I came out of uni, I had a bit of time and wanted to go traveling. And um, I kind of just started documenting as I went. I started staying with like local people rather than in hotels and, and kind of like gathering stories as I went. Mm. Kind of on purpose, but also it kind of did happen organically and naturally while I was there. Um, and then when I kind of came back, I thought I wanted to make it into something. I had all these images and stories um, and I decided to put together a publication, which is the first Flourish magazine, which is... Um, a snippet of Asia um, and then it kind of just blossomed from there I didn't if I'm honest I didn't really have a set plan when I made it I didn't mm. really know that it was going to become a business as such um, but I had no money <laughs> in order to print it so um, I actually did a Kickstarter campaign um, which was really great and it connected me with so many people that I didn't even think would connect with the magazine and it was kind of like a pre-order service really which was really nice because it kind of gave me the money up front to print but then also they got something back for kind of giving me the money essentially and and they would get one of the first copies of the of the magazine produced um 
so that was just really lovely and it kind of then snowballed from there really um so that kind of the start of the magazine and and then my kind of photography is naturally kind of just produced obviously doing the degree in photography mm. I've kind of I've kind of just started doing kind of shoots I started off doing small shoots with small independent businesses and it's kind of just grown um I do weddings like yourself <laughs> <laughs> um and they're kind of obviously more weekend based work yeah um and then I also do kind of product shoots and and kind of um small kind of commercial shoots as well so the photography side of things have slowed down obviously massively this year um and I am I am putting it kind of on the back burner a little bit just because it is really difficult to juggle obviously the magazine business my photography freelancing and also I'm doing kind of my illustrative stuff as well and the illustrative stuff is very much a hobby still but um (laughs) Yeah, I think you kind of get those directions that you really love and I think you kind of just have to follow those and mm. the ones that you that you don't enjoy as much anymore, I think you need to start kind of thinking about are you actually doing it because you enjoy doing it? Yeah. And um, even though I trained in photography, obviously it helps massively with the magazine, but I think the commercial side of the photography, um, I don't enjoy as much anymore. So mm. I've kind of decided to put it a bit on the back burner really. Fair enough, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, you're completely right. You do things that you're happy, you, 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 you only have so many hours in the day, um, and days in the week. And I think you know, we definitely need to start to give ourselves the time to do things that we enjoy the most, and especially, you know, like you say, from a commercial point of view, you still need to pay the bills. Um, so sort of just um, going back a little bit to obviously the start of your magazine, so. I mean that's pretty amazing to sort of to sort of pull together, you know, and and to be able to get um people behind it. How did you get the word out then? Um, to tell people, you know, that they can pre-order, or how did you get the buy-in yeah. from people? Honestly, it was through probably social media, mm-hmm. and um, when I first produced um the magazine, obviously Kickstarter is an amazing platform anyway. Okay. They obviously have their own internal marketing team that kind of um showcase up-and-coming projects so there are, everyone who is on kickstarter is really supportive of people that literally don't have a following um so they kind of spread the word for me but i also used kind of my own kind of marketing skills as well mm. um i did uh when i when i left uni i did um about six months in a marketing um kind of firm so um I was kind of doing marketing for a chocolate company then. Mm. And it's just like little things that you kind of pick up along the way. Yeah. Um, and I, I just started marketing through social media. Instagram was probably one of my main, um, I guess, like backers and following because I had so many creators already that I'd connected with over my degree. Yeah. And just, I, I love following creators on Instagram. And yeah. I, I really don't mind like what type of um, art they do or I just love following them and seeing their journey so I felt like I had quite a lot of followers already that were creative and I think the creative community is so lovely. They can like follow each other and support each other and mm. definitely someone who will like shop small, shop local, shop independent so I think yeah, absolutely, definitely. I think that's. Did you have like um advertisers? Do you have advertisers in the magazine? Um, do you do, do you have anything like that? Not really. No, that's probably one of the main things that I'm really strict on with the magazine. Yeah. Um, and it's something that um is probably divided opinion. Um, <laughs> we within the magazine we've decided that we don't want advertising. Yeah. So obviously, so many magazines, so independent, so many commercial mags have advertising and um in the first one we had no advertising in the second one i think we had one page so it's literally the back page and we pick that person specifically so they're not necessarily massive companies they're really small small independent some people like me are doing work from home yeah um 
you kind of do it just to help them and give them a bit of exposure. So um, often our advertising like isn't paid for. Yeah. Um, they will have a page in the back of the magazine. Um, and also it's not there to sell. It's there just to kind of give exposure to a business. Mm. So that's kind of been our main one of our main selling points, I guess, is when you pick up a copy of the magazine, you're just going to get from front to end stories, photography, yeah. and you're not going to get advertising kind of put in your face. Yeah, no, that's lovely. And I think, I think, um, I did, I did, I was back when I was at, at um, school, I did like a media project, I was looking at advertising, and you, you pick up like Cosmopolitan and you know, lots of other kind yeah. of magazines. And I think the fir- I think it was like the first five to seven pages was always advertising. So you're thinking, oh my God, I've just paid. And it was always right at the very beginning. And you're thinking, I've just paid for that many people. And I've not even looked at it. I'm just flicking, flicking, flicking until I can actually get to some content, which is actually That's interesting. Um, okay, amazing. It is really difficult, isn't it, though? Because obviously, yeah. like magazines are realistically and from like a commercial point of view they are built on advertising and they they are built to advertise to the public and they're built to kind of they're sustained by advertising and from like an independent point of view as much as that would cover the costs of the magazines I just don't feel like it would be us and I just don't feel Mm. like it would be right to kind of advertise to someone that um is kind of picking up the magazine to want to read stories and can get really nice content so Yeah, it's a really, that one is a really tricky balance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a bal- it's definitely a balancing act. I think you're doing very well with it. So with your with your first one, you obviously, that was from your trips to Asia, and obviously the second, I think, was Britain. Um, yes. The third, I think, Scandinavia. So did you travel? Did you do any travelling around sort of that sort of area? Or was it through, I don't know, um, interviews online or um, virtual interviews? Yeah, it's... Um... It's a really good one, actually, because um, my partner actually uh, used to live in Denmark um, when he was young. So um, we went back to uh, Copenhagen, um, and obviously he knows the area quite well. So we we kind of went to lots of the kind of local areas, lots of local shops, lots of kind of back street cafes and things. Um, So we did go... um, we did go to Copenhagen and I went to um, Iceland um, on a photography trip. Actually, uh, it was a couple of years ago that I went, but I want, I haven't used the images and I've oh, kind nice. of been saving the shoot, so I, I put that in the magazine. Um, but really, every magazine that I do, um, each location or each topic, um, I kind of do some of the travel and I do some of the pieces but I collaborate quite a lot. So mm. um, a lot of the articles are done by contributors that have either got in contact or I've kind of seen their work and got in contact with them. Um, and they either have work already or some people um, kind of go in and do a shoot specifically for the magazine. Um, so that's been really nice as well, like working with other people. Mm. Um and then it's not just a, an isolated project with all your work. It, it's really nice to kind of have so many different people's styles and writing. And um, even though like we kind of edit most of the stuff to keep it in like house style, it's just really nice to have loads of different contributors. Mm. So that's kind of how we get around filling a whole magazine worth of content um, from a specific place. But if I if I could go and just stay in one place for a while I definitely would I think well I think it's been terribly unlucky that obviously for for like like I said a travel magazine or a lifestyle magazine we haven't really had very much travel or or, you know very balanced lifestyle this year if we with with COVID so I can only imagine this year has been hard definitely for like the travel sector or like any magazines really Mm. I think it's hard within kind of that field of work definitely I mean that that's actually why with volume four that came out um about a month or so ago is actually based on nature so it was like a real turn for us because obviously every volume so far has been on a location yeah whereas we just couldn't do it because we we 
get out of the country, we can travel. And in a way, it kind of made us think more about the sustainable side of travel. Mm. Um, and so many people have loved actually just being out in their local area, their local patches, um, going for walks. And like, nature has been a massive part, I think, of, of lockdown and this year, um, which is kind of why I wanted to showcase it in like kind of a special edition for you. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, it has been really difficult, I think, for travel this year. <laughs> I know, oh, my God. I bet, you, bet you're raring to go out somewhere maybe next year. Have you got any plans for, for maybe where you might like to, to travel to? Um, well, this is, it's quite difficult, actually. We, we have been thinking about this massively. Um, I managed to get to California this year. Oh, wow. Um, amongst everything. Um, I think it was in February um, this year that I went away um, to California for a trip. Mm. And um, I feel very, very lucky to be able to <laughs> <laughs> go on holiday this year. Um, but it was it was like a work trip. But um, I would love to go back to California again. I don't feel like I had enough time there to really kind of appreciate um, the location. And there's so much variety mm. to, to do there. They've got beaches, they've got forests, they've got cities. And it's just such a... reams we um i mean we we're very, it was very lucky actually because uh we we managed to get away skiing in february um and lovely. yeah it was really nice it was lovely it was just sort of go through to france and that was uh about a week and a half before lockdown so Hi. when all that was saying about all the coronavirus is in the alps we were there but luckily we weren't near anybody who had it but you know i don't, don't think you know back in february we really truly knew the extent yeah. to what it was going to be, you know, be like. Um and we were plan say we were we've been in Airb we were in Airbnbs for a good year because we'd sold our house and the house that we were looking to move into they hadn't moved. So we'd oh. had to leave we had to put everything into storage. Um and then move into an Airbnb thinking it would only be for you know a month or two, turned into a year. Um so there wasn't really a light at the end of the tunnel and we were thinking, right, right well, let's just put some, you know, let's go travelling for a bit. So we were looking at maybe going, um, first of all, we were looking at going to Bali and New Zealand and doing that kind of you know, very you know, very traditional gap year type vibe um, yeah. trip. And then... <laughs> That's a day. Oh gosh, yeah, we loved it. And then, then we kind of thought, well, actually, potentially we want to do more of an adventure trip. So then we, we basically planned a whole trip around Canada and we were going to stay in these incredible places, um, but also I think it was two days before booking, um, or we forgot to book, so we thought, oh, we'll just do it tomorrow, and that's when lockdown happened, and we said, right, okay, let's not book anything yet, we'll book something, you know, after after this month, and then obviously it just continued and continued, we're like, oh, okay, no, we'll, 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 we'll wait till next year, and then obviously all the weddings got postponed, so... I was thinking, right, okay, maybe let's maybe it's a good idea that we didn't, you know, spend out a load of money going travelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you must find it really difficult obviously with your business kind of being around kind of the wedding sector. Like how are you how are you finding because obviously all of my weddings as well got postponed. Mm. I think I I only had one wedding this year and and it was literally in the gap between oh, wow. the first lockdown and the second lockdown. And it was when, it was straight after the first lockdown and they were allowed 30 people. Yeah. Um, and they were so lucky to, it was their original date. Um, and they were putting it off and putting it off, kind of postponing it. So they were so lucky that they they managed to get, to kind of get in there and have yeah. 30 guests, obviously, because it went down to 15 really quickly after. Um, but most of my weddings have been postponed to next year. I'm also getting married next year. Oh my gosh, <laughs> how exciting! Well, that's you weren't postponed then. You, you were you planning to get married next year? Yeah, yeah. yeah our, our plan is to get married next year anyway. Um, oh good. But yeah, it's a bit scary because in May and 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's gone on a lot longer than obviously I think anyone has mm. anticipated. Um, have you but, have yeah, you got a contingent in place? For example, if it's 30, 40 guests. Yeah. 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 We have. It was quite. It was going to be quite a small wedding anyway. It's only fifty guests. Okay. Already, um, we have said that if it's fifteen, we will probably postpone. Yeah. Um, but if it's thirty, well, we will probably go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But, and I think you know what I think is, I've so this year I think I had about twelve weddings postponed. Um, yeah. Because I only take on 12. <laughs> so I only take on 12 weddings a year. Because um, I don't want to do much more than that. I think that's a good, it's a good healthy number. And you that's give a really good number. Well, I think you think, well, it's, uh, even, though if it's, even if it's not once a month, you think, well, okay, I can, you, from, I think from a mental point of view, you kind of think like that, that's, it's only one a month, it's fine. But I had, I think I had two, um, so I had, I had 12 booked in, you know, the beginning of the year. And then three more people contacted to book um and I thought oh okay one of them was like um a week before their wedding and they hadn't planned anything and that was in February and that was they wanted to get married on Valentine's Day and that was like the biggest scramble to pull everything together but that was you know that was great but that wasn't um foreseen and then I I had two weddings just before lockdown and then I managed to have two uh weddings in the sort of October time, uh, September, yeah. October, and they were um, the 15. And um, they, they were actually quite lovely. And I quite actually quite really enjoyed the intimate micro-weddings. Um, yeah. I think that there's just something about having the smaller numbers to... I don't know, it just shows more... For me, kind of, the the, the ambiance of the wedding, it actually just feels like it's filled with even more love. Definitely, Um, and I think those 15 people are really well-thought-out, chosen mm. people, and I think that's kind of the the most... Like, we we kind of looked at our wedding list, and we thought, if, if we have to have 15, who are those 15 going to be? And obviously, you pick your immediate family yeah um and it's just actually when you think about those people you would sit around a table and have dinner with those people kind of naturally and it's I think I can imagine it being those people as well probably are less stressed about the wedding because they're not thinking about all their other guests Mm. they have to entertain and things so I yeah I definitely think an intimate wedding is is really lovely and and the one that I did this year um I was quite unfortunate this year because all of my weddings were booked for the summer oh. um I I'm similar to you where I have I kind of don't take on more than kind of 12 I, I like to have kind of one a month so I can really focus on on that wedding yeah. um and then I'm not kind of overwhelmed especially because obviously with photography you have the editing side yeah of course um, and obviously I do a lot of consultations with my clients and things um but then I was just thinking well I didn't have anything at the start no one was kind of getting married <laughs> yeah. in February time and I I had probably all of them really close together in the summer um, yeah. obviously they've all kind of postponed now to next year so my diary next year is chock-a-block mm-hmm. but I thought I can't let these people down yeah absolutely <laughs> um, and how, yeah. how how will you deal for example obviously I think this is a question that um I keep seeing on all like the sort of Facebook wedding forums and about you know people thinking about you know as from a supplier point of view how how people are going to deal with further postponements you know because I think people I mean, I've got friends in the industry who've postponed for some clients you know three times and it's mm. it's getting to the point now where they just aren't certain that they're going to be able to well they won't won't turn a profit for one because obviously let's say somebody booked back in 2018 and now it's 2021 and they're still on 2018 rates so I think it's a really tricky tricky balancing act I think um how will you deal with if, if for example, postponements have to have or have happen again? Yeah, I mean, I'm quite lucky that I've only had obviously one postponement so far. So like everyone that was this year, oh, yeah, next year. Um, but obviously the ones that are actually 
booked in for the start of next year haven't postponed yet. Yeah. Um, I think we're just, I guess everyone is kind of on tender hooks waiting mm. to see what happens. Um, and I can probably imagine that some of those will postpone either to later on in the year. It's really difficult because obviously they have to kind of go with yeah. when the venues have people or um, when kind of all of their suppliers that they have, um, they're free. Yeah. And obviously I've already got weddings kind of booked in um, for next year and I, I've even got a couple booked in already for 2022. Yeah. So if they do need to postpone, obviously I would do everything I could to accommodate that. Um, and if I had a wedding booked that day, I do have someone else who I do work with. So, um, I work with someone who's also a photographer that I know. Um, and uh, often, often it works that, um, he's a male. So if I'm photographing a bride, I'm kind of getting ready, um, before the wedding, sometimes he'll be with the groom if, if, if they want that. Um, but. I would probably first off kind of see if if he's available and if they would like to use him because we've got a very similar style. Um, But otherwise, like, if I'm already booked up, there's not really much I can do. I mean, I can definitely help point them in the right direction with another Mm. photographer. Um, But all of my clients so far that have postponed already, they've kind of been really good and they've gone to all of their suppliers, checked everyone's dates, um before kind of going right we'll go with this date and then we'll try and make everyone else kind of accommodate to that date so so far i think everyone's really understandable and i think everyone whether it's kind of venues florists bakers photographers i think everyone's just trying to do what they can really to kind of help out even though even though it is kind of a loss at the end of the day with Mm. like performance No, exactly. And I think that's it. I think it's just having that. Um, I think it's having just, a, if anything, this year, and I talk, I talk about it quite a lot on Instagram, is, you know, it's just having a bit more kindness. Um, and I think that's something that we have, certainly I think in like the, the lockdown before, I think it's in the summer, I think there was a lot more kindness going around. I think potentially as the, as, the, as the winter months have come in and it's we've got into lockdown too I think potentially we're all getting a bit frazzled um and uh, we all could probably do with a bit of time off and just um downtime but um I think just yeah kindness is the only thing you can and patience is the only thing we can really do isn't it at the moment um I think that's a massive I think is really good about um the lockdowns is that there has been a massive surgence in people supporting each other and especially small businesses I don't know if you found the same yeah especially with like my illustration work um and and the magazine even um people really supportive of um especially for Christmas coming up people are trying to actively buy from local people I'm part of Mm. a Facebook group um, which is uh, Wiltshire's Virtual Grotto. Um, and I've only found it re- recently, um, but it's so lovely. I think there's about 250 um, people on there, and they're wow. all, all local in Wiltshire, and they're all makers, and they're all artists. And um, some people are like, kind of bakers, and um, some people kind of like me um, on there as kind of an illustrator. And I found so many people that I didn't <laughs> realise lived in Wilkeshire near me that oh, are makers. Nice. Um, <sighs> so I've bought, obviously, from quite a few of them. Um, but obviously, they're also buying from other people. And also, all of the members that are local to this area, even people that aren't local to this area but want to support small businesses, mm. are buying from them. And I think that's... I've seen massive surgeons and that I haven't really seen it before. I think a lot of people mm. use the likes of Amazon and things as like a convenient side. And mm. I completely understand like the convenience of something like Amazon um, having like Prime and next day delivery. But I think this year especially, I think it's just been so lovely that people have wanted to support small 
Well, I think, as you mentioned, with Prime, you know, um, not Netflix, with Amazon, you know, I think there was, that, there was that big thing, wasn't there, in the summer about how much money that the founder is, has actually made out of coronavirus. And you kind of think, mm, not sure. And I think, mean, like, the Black Friday stuff, I'm I'm such an anti-Black Friday person. I just, yeah. I find it utterly bizarre because when you actually look into the, the, the thing of it, you know, the, the prices have actually been knocked up a few, you know, months prior like and yeah. now they're going to come back down you're like no that's not and you know, it puts pressure on indie businesses to feel like they have to do it as well you know this big definitely uh, th- that shouldn't be the case at all you know people shouldn't feel pressured just because of a made-up commercial um holiday you know, day that they have to also reduce you know the costs for their own products their own goods because you know, yeah. it's just bizarre you know that people feel they have to um so we find a similar issue is that with our magazine we've priced our magazines for 10 pounds yeah and obviously some people find that quite a lot because obviously it's a magazine and you can pick up a commercial kind of magazine like cosmopolitan or kind of vogue from somewhere like same freeze or or a supermarket mm-hmm. and then you know they price up to about five pounds and obviously they are very much throwaway magazines yeah um and it's trying to get that point across that even though they're 10 pounds they cost us quite a lot to produce anyway because we print like we print small and we, we don't do massive print runs yeah um and that we really carefully choose like our paper sources and and we have kind of like a um velvet laminate finish on the front Ooh. which is all sustainable but it feels really good um and it can be kind of more of a coffee table mag and yeah. something that would be like a collective item rather than something that you would throw away afterwards so it's got that kind of longevity to it yeah, um, definitely. and all of our pages are, are uncoated so that uncoated paper we use like vegetable ink to print with which is sustainable um and it's more eco-friendly now all of our packaging when you buy it um is biodegradable so it's like every little thing has been really thought out into actually making the product both look good like aesthetically beautiful but also be good for the environment Mm. and i think some people don't think about all of those elements that kind of go into making a product (laughs) um when you can just go to a supermarket and buy a magazine um for almost two pounds yeah it's, it's utterly mad i mean some of them are you know those sort of i mean these are no, no, in nowhere the same realm but you know really the sort of like takeaway and all those sort of ones that are you know, my mum my mum's my sister and all those really bizarre but yeah you say those are sort of so inexpensive and it's just tat to be honest you know i think when you, you can see the quality and the care that goes into you know your magazines and i, I, I almost want, don't want to call them a magazine i want to call them like a bookazine because they are you know also i don't know because they are more like a coffee table books you know they yeah, are we've actually had that before we've had yeah we've had people saying this isn't a magazine this is a bookazine and yeah. i was like i've not heard yeah that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's a made-up term it's like Yeah, it's, it, well, it, it is makes it is. difficult to then put things on sale. Like we would love to sell our magazines like cheap, so that more people could have them. It's mm. just we physically can't, otherwise we'd make a lot. Well, I think it, it's biannual anyway, so I think, you know, it's an investment, you know, I, I still think, you know, for a biannual, uh, you basically book of incredible stories and beautiful imagery, you know, £10 is, I think, fine, I think that's bang on, that, that's kind of what you would expect, you, you think about... Um, some... It's incredible to sort of see, um, and like you say, independent companies rather than those larger corporate companies um, as well. So really exciting. So what what do you, out of everything that you do, obviously from the illustrations to photography to yeah. your wonderful magazine, what's what's your favourite thing that you do sort of day to day that you enjoy doing? Oh, I mean, to be honest, my favourite thing is like making. Yeah. <laughs> so just like kind of being creative in general. So it is the, the part of the magazine business where I'm sat down making the pages of the magazine so it's like placing the images putting the text in and making the pages aesthetically look nice yeah um I love the making side and I love the making
something I love um I really love kind of sitting down and even writing um kind of pieces it's like that creative mindset where I've, I've got that freedom to be creative I'm not constrained mm. um obviously there's with any business there's all of the other sides that I think you don't really think about when you kind of go into business like we don't have a distributor for the magazines we distribute everything ourselves mm. um and when I say ourselves it's literally me and my partner at home <laughs> um, <laughs> we have help from maybe a couple of people that are kind of roped in every now and then but it's definitely a family based business really mm. um we're boxing up magazines and sending them off to our stockists. Um, we're doing the drops at the post office early on a morning. And I think those bits, obviously, they can be tiresome and exhausting sometimes mm. um, because they're the bits that have to happen. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily enjoy them. No. Because, <laughs> um, obviously, all you want to do is just make. If I could just make every day, it would be great. But, obviously, realistically, that can't happen. But... How about you? With like obviously your floristry, um, do you love the making side of that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think um, that's a bit that I quite. I quite like knowing the provenance behind the flowers or like the meaning. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to like Victorian language of flowers. I love that. <laughs> um, and so I quite like like learning and, and knowing about, and I quite like being outside as much as possible. So. You know, um, luckily when lockdown was lifted, I was able to go out and visit some like local growers and and listen to how you know they they work with their plants Amazing. and it's really cool. And you know, we're we're so used to um, at the moment obviously it's really tricky because it's the wrong season now for 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 growers. So having to sort of bring things more in from Holland or you know going to the wholesalers and so it's a bit trickier because you can't you know you don't necessarily know the provenance as much of flower um but that's kind of where the the bits I like where you sort of you see just how each different plant or each different flower forms you know and you might get one flower one one week and then the next you know week you order the same thing but actually it comes and it's all wiggly stemmed and you're thinking oh this is quite cool and working and it's just working with those stems or working with the flowers rather than you know you've got an idea in your head and you've got to try and find flowers to to fit to that thought process it's more Definitely. I like working with what Nietzsche's created and then think right okay well what could what can I make with these things it's more of a challenge I guess um but I know what you mean in terms of I mean I although I'm really busy on social media I I find it the most painful thing just feeling like you've got to keep on top of it as well. Oh, and... definitely. It's like looking active. Yeah. Even if you're sat doing an admin day. You know, and it's like, here I am doing admin. And you're like, mm, okay, great. I mean, I still work full time um, at another job. Yeah. So everything I do from, from wedding styling to wedding planning to floristry, it's all kind of on the side or on, on weekends or in the evening. Um so it's 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 tricky, I think, to sort of do that. I mean, how are you? Do you work? Is this your full time role? Is this you, or do you have do you have to do work as well on the on the side? Um, currently at the moment, it's my full time oh, job. Amazing. Um, which wasn't planned. I'm not gonna lie. I'll <laughs> be very honest. Because of obviously with COVID um, and with the first lockdown, I I actually got made redundant from oh, my gosh. first from my job in in um march so um that was a little bit tricky obviously um with kind of suddenly realizing Mm. that actually um it's going to be quite hard with because i had that kind of then security of an actual income like you probably find so that when you are doing your own kind of business your own work you have that freedom of not thinking about every single sale or yeah. um, where the next kind of bill is going to come from. Mm. So I think that was quite tricky, but actually in a way it has been a massive godsend in the sense that it has really made me focus on what I really enjoyed the most. Oh, and, and I've had that kind of freedom to be able to work on my businesses. Um, I am actually going into another job role yay that's <laughs> um, exciting so yeah I'm really excited about that um and it's actually a marketing 
role. Um, and it's for a nature-based oh, company um, who loves everything to do with kind of um, nature, um, kind of like holistic therapies. Oh, wow. Um, kind of all based about kind of getting out in nature. Um, and it's like a, it's a retreat. Oh, so that I'm kind wonderful. of going to be working with them, which I'm really excited about. I actually start um, in December, so very, very soon. Um, <laughs> But obviously, like 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 you, I'm. It's nice to be in a job that I ties in really nicely. I'm the same, and I love to be outdoors. I love mm. to be kind of talking about the outdoors, blogging about the outdoors, um, and like the natural environment. So, yeah. um, obviously, I've got that, but I I still kind of carry on and do like my illustrated pieces, mm. um, and kind of carry on doing those bits. Um, kind of when I have time then and I think again like you say I'll be enjoying it a lot more yeah. because um, <laughs> you're not thinking about where like money is coming from well you don't put so much I don't, I don't know I don't know I mean I I can only imagine that you that the pressure is you know threefold fourfold um when you are obviously working for yourself and that's especially when I think when you're used to having that maybe security or of a full-time role to then not even make the choice yourself to sort of then go right I'm, I'm fully self-employed now um I can only imagine it's it's incredibly stressful and and, and difficult and I think um I I, I yeah I think it's, it's such it's such a tough time for everyone in the industry anyway but I think it's so great that you're able to you know have a new role that you can be excited about that is you know a passion for you as well because I think so so we spend so much time at work and it's 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 horrendous when you're not happy in a job (laughs) you know definitely I that's like when I actually started applying again for other job roles Mm. I thought I'm now I'm at home and I am like full-time and I was really enjoying it I just thought if I'm going to kind of get a job role now, I want to be happy. I want to be able to go to work in a really good mood and really believe in what the company is about. Because I think if I believe in what the company stands for and I'm enjoying my job role, then I'm going to put in more work. (laughs) So it kind of benefits both people, really. Um, And that's why I wanted to go for a company that was kind of nature-based. Um, I'm actually doing, on top of everything else, you're probably going to think I'm mad, um, <laughs> but I'm doing a MA at the moment, so oh, I'm wow. doing a part-time MA. Um, it's mainly low residency, so I kind of do it as an evening, um, but it's in nature writing, it's in nature travel writing, oh, so everything has kind of almost slotted into place. I'm kind of touching wood because of it. I don't want things to go wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's almost been like finally everything is kind of slotted into place. I kind of found what I love. I found like my passions, and everything intertwines. Whether mm. it's the magazine and my illustrative work to my MA where I'm writing, where I'm with the new job role, um, it kind of all intertwines really nicely. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess it's definitely about getting that balance, obviously. And, and obviously I've had that luxury of, of almost being a bit picky yeah. with kind of the job. Obviously, not out of my own choice. Um, <laughs> I definitely, you know, when I was made redundant, I suddenly panicked. But um, yeah, it is, You have. I think you do have to be happy. And I think this year especially, I think has made so many people realise how important it is to actually enjoy work and mm. enjoy your job um we found it a little bit difficult um this year because my partner who normally works in an office full time has suddenly had to work from home like he sure. hasn't had lockdown at all he's just been working from the word go mm. really but it's been a really weird dynamic kind of like getting used to having someone else working from home or yeah. it used to kind of be me um and I'm kind of making space like realizing that actually there's another person that has to like share an office space it's going to be that all the time and you have to kind of make sure that you're not making noise when the other person's at a meeting it's really difficult (laughs) (laughs) 
there is okay yeah it is really tough like i think uh, i think what's quite nice is that it's um i think we're all going through that as well i think that's that's quite nice when you're talking to friends and you're talking to, to sort of colleagues and you know they're all sort of and i think yeah i think we all just we just need all a big hug to be honest we, we've all done so well <laughs> over that's over amazing. the last year um okay cool so i mean in terms of obviously you you have your career is it's, it just sounds incredible and it's um like you say everything's starting to slot into place but is there one thing you wish you'd known when you very first started you know you, the magazine or the photography business or the illustration illustration side um that's a really good question <laughs> I'm actually I've been thinking about this question um, <laughs> it's actually really difficult because I feel like everything that's happened whether be that good or bad has made me like learn so many important things along mm. the way of owning a business um, and I think I don't think I would have wanted to know anything that was going to happen yeah. <laughs> I really am that kind of person that I would like to just go with the flow and I think if I knew about like lockdown coming um like prior, if I knew that there was going to be a pandemic or if I knew that the magazine would be where it is now, um, I generally feel like I, I don't know how I would have prepared for it any differently. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't think I would have. Would you, in terms of like your business? I think what I, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. If, if, if there's one thing I wish I'd known before I started in the wedding industry uh, or just even running my own business it would be to keep on top of my accounts <laughs> because I am I have I mean I have my receipts or you know for example maybe I should start I should have started to like take photos of receipts um earlier on and just because I think when it comes down to it you know it's when you're you don't learn this stuff at school so I think when you um start your own business and you start buying things you sort of you know you're buying your website and then you're sort of getting business cards and all those bits and bobs and you obviously there is there's quite a lot of expenses you know when you start and I think I would have loved if someone had just taken me under their wing and said right this is how you should do your accounts this is you know get your spreadsheets going you know um, yeah. I, I can't afford things like QuickBooks or anything like that. I know I know that they're a godsend to, to a number of different yeah. suppliers. But, um, yeah, so I think that would have been, you know, when you come to doing your accounts or do it. I think um, I've got a friend, Becca, um, from To Be Adorned. She has, I think she does it monthly. So she keeps on top of it monthly. Um, even I'm the same. Just yeah, because I, I, I panic so much when it comes to kind of tax and books. Mm. I I don't work it out myself. I have an accountant who does it for me. Oh, good. Um, but I don't use QuickBooks or anything like that. I just keep all my receipts and I kind of just hand it over. Um, <laughs> You're going to have to give me your accountant's in, information because I think that coming up to the taxi, I'm going to have to do that <laughs> this year. It's, you know what? It's absolutely godsend. I like... I keep everything in kind of like monthly order and yeah. at the end of each month I really kind of put everything together in kind of state order but um yeah I mean if I left it I think I would just pan it the stress <laughs> of it would be too much I mean I was really lucky when I was at uni and I did my photography degree um we actually had a business kind of professional context oh, module that's good that's um, good which if I'm honest I had no idea before that what it would involve mm. um so when I did go out kind of into the world like they kind of drummed it into you that you have to make sure that um you kind of keep on top of everything what you can use as expenses and that has really really helped otherwise I think if I didn't have that I would have no idea no um because who else tells you? Like, no one tells I know. you. I know. And also the website, the government website is absolutely so tricky to navigate. And um, so I think I've got, um, there's bits and bobs like, I, you know, um, my first couple of years, I look at the taxes. I know looking back, there were things I could have claimed for and I didn't. I think, oh, that's yeah. so frustrating. You know, I could have saved myself a hell of a lot of money, but oh well. Um, One question I absolutely love finding out about is um, 
bits and bobs about you, what you're doing at the moment, obviously, like, sort of, are there any podcasts or books or TV that you're really into at the moment? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms, I love reading, reading books, um, I love reading obviously doing my MA, um, I'm kind of naturally reading for that, um, yeah. but also I'm kind of pointed in the right direction of a lot of books that um, are just amazing books, really. Um, I'm into nature books, surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, there's quite a few recently that I've read which are just amazing. Um, at the moment, I'm reading one called The Wild Remedy Ooh. by Emma Mitchell, um, and it's all about how nature mends us, basically, and it's in a diary format, um, and the lady who writes the book um, has depression um, and it's all about how nature basically makes her feel better um, and kind of gets her out of these dark places and it's all about what she sees, she goes on drives, she goes on walks and it's all about the nature that she collects while she's out and she comes back and she photographs them. It's a really nice book as well because it includes everything from photography to um, writing to illustration Mm. so it's kind of got a real mix um, it's definitely one of those like really cozy books that you can sit with a coffee and a candle and, and kind of oh, really get into. That you, so you're you're you're, depi- you're depicting exactly what I love doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds fab. I guess it's like on a more like informative book choice. I love I love Dave Golson. I don't mm. know if you've heard of him. He's got like quite a few books that I've read. One is a buzzing the meadow one is the garden jungle i think it's called um and then he does a sting in the tail um and they're all nature books but they're really factual um but also they're story based so it's it's non-fiction um but yeah i just love them if you if you like knowing the kind of plants yeah um, and like your your like botanical names you would love the garden jungle oh, okay. and it's Thank all you. about kind of how they are good for the environment um what is affecting our plants seasonal plants um so i've learned so much from them um yeah they're really good Fantastic. podcast podcast wise i like to listen to something a bit different um i love kind of comedy yeah. Um, and I love, uh, there's two podcasts. There's a Taskmaster podcast. Oh, really? I didn't know there was a yeah. Taskmaster. That's so cool. Which is really good to listen to. And yeah. also, um, I cannot think of the life of what it's called, but it's with James A. Caster and Ed Gamble, the comedians. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have people that go into their, like, virtual restaurant <laughs> and they talk about, it's all, all comedians who go in. Um, it's just, I just don't know why I like listening to it, if I'm honest. It's just so funny. Um, it's, to be fair, though, it's a bit of light relief, isn't it? It's, you know, I think definitely. sometimes podcasts are, podcasts are absolutely amazing. I love them. I love really got into them over, over, over lockdown and over COVID. I really got into listening to different people and listening to their stories. But I think quite often we're so bombarded by negative things in the news and we listen to the news and we read the news that I think actually we, we, we need that light relief in the form of some silliness. Um, Definitely, yeah. It's just nice to almost have on sometimes. I listen to them when I do a lot of my making um, and kind of my concentration is just making, which obviously, like if I was watching TV or, yeah. or um, a film or something in the background, it would distract me from the making, whereas a podcast, you don't have to look at anything and it can kind of just be playing. Um, so I just love listening to it when I'm in the office, like making away. I think it, it's a really nice, like you say, like light relief. You know, in terms of if you weren't doing what you do now, what do you think you would do? I know it's toughie. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, marketing is probably obviously I, I am kind of doing marketing, so I can't yeah. really say that. Um, <laughs> if I'm honest, I would have to pick something to do with kind of nature and kind of just go completely out of my comfort zone, and I'd love to do something like. 
um, kind of marine biology or Ooh, nice. or something along that lines. Um, just because I think it would be so interesting and to be outside all the time. Um, yeah. People who work outside are probably going to be listening to this thinking you don't want to be outside all the time. <laughs> And I've got a couple of friends that are gardeners and they say, obviously, that this time of year when it's really cold, they wish they were kind of just in an office or something. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably do something like marine biology or something kind of technical to do with um, the environment. The environment, no, wonderful. I think it's, it, my um, husband's a marine biologist. Um, it's not as glamorous as everyone seems to think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know it is. It does. It's from 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 what he tells me, and obviously you know when he was younger and he was able to travel and you know go to some amazing amazing countries and and see incredible yeah. incredible habitats and and fish and yeah and and sort of help. Um, it just sounds amazing. Now he's far far more senior and he um, doesn't get to sort of do as much of the nice traveling side. Um, he's he's more kind That's of the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's like everyone into your own time you know into your personal time as well you know working you three jobs four jobs as well as obviously having to juggle you know family commitments you know your friend commitments I think it's it's, it's a really difficult um really difficult have you got any sort of hints and tips of how to try and create a balanced life um if I'm honest it really helps my partner is essentially nine to five yeah um I kind of like, at the start, when I was doing my own business, I really was bad at this, and I was up all hours. Mm. Um, and I got into this really bad habit of waking up later and then working really late. And I oh, thought okay, yeah. in my head, I kind of got in my head that I work really well, kind of in the evenings, into the night. And actually, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't at all. I just kind of got it in my head that I did. And... Um, but the fact that he works nine to five, I really now try and, and work to his hours. So mm. I get up and do a full work day really at home. It's only, and then kind of when he clocks off from work, we kind of go for a walk together or um, I kind of then stop doing my work. And even if I think actually I could, I could carry on because obviously when you're a freelancer and, and you do your own business, you could work all hours. Um, and there's no real stopping point. Mm. So I, I have really learned to do that. Otherwise, you you just kind of burn out. And I think you have to look after your own mental health as well. And I think if you are living with someone that does 9 to 5, it's really good to kind of work to their hours so you have a proper day rather than having like a 12-hour day. Yeah. Um, I think also uh, what really helps is I found that Obviously, with magazine deadlines, there will be evenings where I do have to work, mm. um, and there are evenings that I, you know, I need to work till late to get like a deadline sorted. But I think I've just got such a good support network around me, both like friends and family, and I think everyone is so supportive. And I think that if I do, if I do have to work late for some reason, I will, I won't just see that as okay, then I'll, then I'll do the whole next day again. I'd really, yeah. like, give myself a bit of time um, and schedule some time in. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. It's it's diary management, isn't it? I think the, the I think, I think it's so different. It's so easy to, when you're working from home or working for yourself, to just you know stop not stop for lunch and not stop to actually go outside in the day because you've you know you've got deadlines and you think right okay I need to get you know wake up you you need to get your head down and work um and I think you know actually the the way that I sort of do it is I always book in time I say right I'm going to book in 
you know, t even took a 10 minute breather where I go outside, even if it's raining, just to stand outside and just breathe in some fresh air, especially when we've got our central heating on in, in the homes and we've been stuck in the house for so long because it's been horrendous weather or whatever, you know, just booking in 10 minutes, 15 minutes just to go outside and not look at your phone, you know, just look around, <laughs> get moving. I think like we we call it nature therapy we we always are like or tree therapy yeah and um, sometimes if we have like a bad day or sometimes things that go right we, we we literally say to each other do you want some tree therapy and we literally go outside oh that's adorable go for like i don't know like an hour's walk or half yeah. an hour and just literally being outside away from people and mm. just kind of being in nature is so important yeah absolutely um, and it's just a breath of fresh air, really. Even on, like, a really cold day like today, like, mm. when I can see outside that everything is frosted. It's like go back here we go um yeah, it didn't feel like an hour but it feels like it's been like a really good like counseling session as well as well as like learning about you know your businesses and, and, and i know definitely <laughs> um but no we've got one like, one last question um out of you know everything um from your your all your businesses you know what's the, the biggest thing that you're you're proud of I would probably say what I'm proud of the most is working from the bottom up. Like, I literally had nothing to kind of show at the start, and I felt like I had no money to be put in, and I wasn't handed any money to start my business. And I've literally gone from having an idea, no money, to making a business from it. Yeah. And I think so many people, when they start businesses, have funds there ready to go and that probably is a sensible way to do things but I just feel proud that I actually I had a product that I believed in and other people believed in it too mm. in order to help me with the Kickstarter campaign um, and they're still kind of following me now and we're doing like four volumes in yeah. Um, so yeah it just feels it just feels lovely that um, people are supporting something that I've made and and sometimes I still have to pinch myself that yeah. I've actually, I've made this and I started from nothing. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's what I'm proud of the most. Absolutely. And do you, can you give us a sneak peek about what the next volume might, might look like or what it might be around? If I knew, I would know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, volume four, the nature volume has just come out. So yeah. in a moment, our focus is literally on kind of getting that out to all of our um, pre-orders um, and also kind of getting out to stock it and things. Mm. Um, but obviously the next one will be a travel one and we'll obviously yeah. go back. This one has been a special edition volume, just being on nature um, because of lockdown. But fingers crossed, we if travel starts up again, we will be travelling. But um, yeah, oh, it will gorgeous. be something to do. <laughs> obviously if people if people want to obviously either find out about flourish about your illustrations or about um your photography where can they find you um so obviously instagram is kind of our main platform so where magazine flourish um is the flourish magazine instagram <laughs> my photography is lisa jane saunders and my illustrations is lisa jane illustrations um i've also got a website so it's, it's flourishmagazine.co.uk and that's where you can kind of order or subscribe um and it would just be nice to hear from you <laughs> <laughs> and i can see there's like a big list on your website about all the stockists as well which is lovely yeah um, yeah we've got lots of stockists around the uk so and yeah but you've got also in paris and france Yes, we have oh we have got quite a few international stockists as well. Um, wow, gosh, amazing! That's incredible. I mean, that, that's a, that's a whole thing in itself. It's like another podcast of like, how do you even get into stockists? I think a lot of people <laughs> would love to know because um, I can imagine it's quite it's it's a very difficult thing to to, to do. So, um, well Definitely. done. Definitely. Thank you. Um, but no, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really a pleasure listening and I feel like we could do a whole nother podcast on nature <laughs> therapy with you which I might actually <laughs> sort that of do with you. I mean um, in the latest volume of Flourish we actually have like a whole piece on nature therapy. Oh, <laughs> so oh my gosh I've got lots to say 
therapy. <laughs> oh my goodness, wonderful. Well, um, thank you so much. And if what I'll be doing is putting all the links to the book, the podcast, and obviously to your lovely work in the notes from the podcast. Amazing. Thank you for speaking. Thank you so much Lucy for your wonderful wonderful words um, we got cut off halfway through because we were nattering for so long but um, I'm so so enthralled by your businesses and your mindset and I can't wait to welcome you back hopefully for another podcast where we talk more around um, nature if you enjoy that um head over to uh, where you get your podcasts and subscribe you'll also find links in the show notes uh, which will link you to lucy's work okay have a lovely uh, rest of your week and until then speak soon bye bye